I think it's time we introduce this warbird to the biggest kid on the block. You're the cap. Target those disruptors. Coming up, Ensign Boimler and his Lordex pals take role play to the next level as they act out an action fantasy film inside the holodeck. I need answers. Then you see Kitty What the hell does finding some weirdo have to do with your story? We're, we're gonna go find the meaning of life. This is important. But Boimler's plans change when he gets some tragic news. I think we have to kidnap that octopus and take it to a safe house. Tindy shows off her incredible leadership skills. The randomness of death is merely a reflection of the unexpected joys we find in life. And Sulu, Captain Sulu, makes a surprise appearance. All this and more, plus a sneak peek at the action-packed Picard Season 3 promo on the Lower Decks edition of Energize. 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 We're satirically going into the uncharted regions of the Star Trek universe. You're listening to Energize, a Star Trek Lower Decks edition podcast. Your source for hilarious analysis, colorful debate, and fun discussions about the adventures of Ensign Beckett Mariner and the USS Cerritos Lower Decks crew. I'm your host, Anthony McLemore. And I'm Steve Truitt. This week, Boimler goes on an exhaustive search for the meaning of life when devastating news puts a damper on a holodeck movie role play with his shipmates. Will Bormler find the answers he seeks or sink further into despair? Here's a warp speed recap of episode eight of Star Trek Lower Decks, Crisis Point Two, Paradox. Crisis Point Two is twice as good as the original. Commander Doodle, I think it's time we introduce this warbird to the biggest kid on the block. You're the cap. Target those disruptors. Kitia has the true answers for life's most important question. I need answers. Then you see Kitia. What the hell does finding some weirdo have to do with your story? We're, we're gonna go find the meaning of life. This is better than what I wrote. This is important. This is stupid. Oh, shut up. I went along with your stupid movie, which by the way, didn't even have a real ending. How dare you? It was epic. You should be thanking me for turning your mess into a classy story that means something. I officially disown Crisis Point. Commanders, the asset has been obtained. Excellent. Destroy this joke of a Federation ship. Leave no survivors. All right, Steve. So we come into the cold open of the show right in the middle of an epic battle where the Cerritos is under attack by a Romulan warbird. I was stoked. I know, me too. You you open it up and it's it's got that really exciting music and um, you know they're fighting against you know the, the the first thing you see is the Cerritos is getting its butt kicked. I thought it was fantastic. Oh yeah, so you're you're you my interest is stoked. I'm like, what the heck is happening? Yeah. They're getting you know beaten down. Is this the Packlids 2.0? But it's the right. Romulans this time, and so they're getting beat down and they're getting boarded. Yeah, and I, I love how it's it's these three identical looking Romulan women who are the uh, who are the, uh, the 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 commanders, I guess, and they're giving orders to destroy the Cerritos. Um, we, and they even say that joke of a Federation ship. 
and leave no survivors. I, yeah, it was so funny. Um, even everyone knows that they're kind of a joke. What were the Melpinar triplets after this time? The Chronogami, a top secret Starfleet prototype which can penetrate temporal barriers. And so the boarding, the Romulan boarding party steals this artifact and they kill one of the scientists. So I'm like, oh my God, this is like, this is like real. This is like to the next level. Well, okay, sir, there's another Federation ship coming in. And of course, that, that's, that's a reminder of like when the Borg was attacking the Defiant. And sure, sir, there's another Federation ship coming in and it was the Enterprise. In this case, it is a sovereign class ship, but it's not the Enterprise. It's the Wayfarer. So the Wayfarer flies in, and at the helm is Captain Bucephalus Dagger. Yeah. Like, it's, awesome name. It's fantastic And he name. looks like Ensign Boimler. Right. He's got the purple hair. And I'm like, is, he, is this the brother? Is this, like, somebody else? Is it a twin, a doppelganger? Um, and, you know. All boom. universe, something, something? Yeah, you know, so what yeah. is, what's going on and here? And they, they go to the credits. I'm like, oh, what's happening? I thought the chronogami was theoretical. Well, consider the theory proved. And now the Romulans have it, and I'd bet my pips <sighs> they're going Computer to... Computer freeze program. Ensign Boimler, please report to Commander Ransom's office. On my way. I thought you were off duty. Uh, I am. Ransom just probably wants me to spot him. So we find out the Romulans took a device called the Chronogami, a right. top-secret Starfleet prototype capable of penetrating temporal barriers. So here we are with time travel. Time travel, because <laughs> that's, again. that's what you do. That's what one does, is time travel. And <clears throat> then we, we this communication chime comes in, and we're realizing that, of course, we're on the holodeck. You know, computer, arch, all of that. Yes, and, and I, you know, I really like the holodeck. I mean, it, it would take role play to the next level because all these things will be happening around you. So not only are you role playing, but you're actually living it out. Well, the funny thing about it too, is that they're calling it a movie. Now we saw this before with crisis point, the original one that Mariner had done and they're in the middle of they're They're calling it a movie, which I think is fascinating. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I, I wish this technology did exist because you, it would be so much fun to play out oh, all yeah. of your favorite movies. I put myself on Crimson Tide. Oh and my God. That's my, it's my, uh... one of my favorite movies ever, Crimson Tide. Dude, I, yes, I didn't, yes. I didn't we've talked about this about before. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I forgot that. Maybe. Yes, Sorry. yes, yeah. Okay. You know, we see Boimler, Rutherford, Tindy, and Mariner, you know, playing parts in what is Boimler's sequel to Mariner's original film. So this is Crisis Point 2. Right, 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 right. Uh, and then, and, and, uh, and this is where you hear that Wrath of Khan, but <clears throat> that Wrath of Khan music, which is just so great. Um, right, and that's where I picked up on it because the graphics were the same too. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe that's when I heard it, I guess. Yeah, the, yeah, the gra- well, the graphics were, the, no, no, no. The, the, credit, the credits were like um, First Contact. Uh, were they ah yeah were they um were they kind of came in from the the dust not the dust but like but like a cloud and then they formed that was first contact credits oh the auteur has returned what did uh what did ransom want uh just reassigning duty shifts oh the credits are ending let's get back in character <laughs> so obviously you know boimler's called away and he comes back and he's Bummed. Yeah, all and 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 Mariner's like, what's going yeah, on? Yeah, all the enthusiasm that he had for his film, because I think part of this doing this doing the sequel to Mariner's film was to show that he could write a film just as good as hers. Persephalus. 
Oh, you have got some nerve never calling me back after that weekend on Risa. Oh, spicy. Oh, so this gorgeous scientist is the estranged love interest? Yeah, sure. I'm here for your research, not your heart. Back to the movie. At this point, the movie's continuing, but now Boimler's like... He's just there, he's not excited, and he's like, and the other three are like, let's go, let's go do this stuff, and, and he's like, yeah, I don't know, he, he just, he's not really into it at all. Yeah, he's basically kind of phoning in every scene that he's in. He's just kind of mouthing the words and kind of like, yeah, whatever, blah, 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 blah. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it, I'm, I'm wondering, something seriously happened to him, why is he not stoked for this? Uh, yeah, and you know you're going to find out. I'm really curious, like, what? What's going on here? What's the deal? Like, you should tell us. Whoa, these graphics are mind-blowing! The Chronogami's gravitons essentially fold world lines, allowing a user to travel to the past or the future. We learn that the crew of the Cerritos and the Wayfarer are tasked with getting the Chronogami, which is such a great word, back before the Romulans uh, travel to the past, of course to eradicate the Federation from existence. Yeah, so here's our plot. Here's our main, our, our main movie yep. plot. It's, all, it's all set for us. So, um, so you know, once again, Bormler's going off script, and he's talking about, you know, life being white from existence in the blink of an eye, and you're in your bed, and all of a sudden, poof, <laughs> right. you no longer all exist. All of a sudden, you're gone. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's being a real downer here. You know, he's got his mission in hand. They know what they've got to do. They've got to set a course for this planet. And Boimler just, he's just like, okay, I'll do it. He's got, uh, he's got this love scene. They, they land, they come to this uh, research center and this, you know, again, again, this really hot girl comes on to him and he just doesn't even notice. Just like when he was a raisin farmer back a few episodes ago and he's just got all these girls all over him. He's like, yeah, whatever. He doesn't even notice. Yeah. And the thing about it is, is that the holodeck is doing, is adapting as they are interacting with the movie. And so this love interest is like, I don't know what to do next. <laughs> you know, she's just kind of. Yeah, I, I'm just here. Yeah, I'm, I'm just here. So that was <laughs> hilarious. But Mariner is getting frustrated. And she's, you know, on his case about blowing the scripted love scene. You know, every movie has to have one, you know. So the question continues. Why is Boimler behaving in this manner? Right. Um, I, what was interesting, too, at the end when Boimler walks off, uh, Mariner's there. And and the, the holodeck lady asks uh, why, you know, what will I do now? And I thought maybe, you know, there'd be a moment where, you know, Mariner does something, but nope, there wasn't. Nope, nope. She's ready to get to the action. Let's get, let's get going. Do you feel lost in your way? Let Manuki guide you. We have to find the Romulans or the universe could cease to exist. We're all holograms in a simulation. The koala smiles on us all. So uh, in the movie, they go down to this planet and the, the Cerritos and Wayfarer crews are walking in these crowded market streets, you know, trying to hunt down the Romulans. Yeah, and again, you know, I don't know if you remember this, but in Next Generation, when Troy and Picard uh, played Romulan spies and they were looking for Spock on Romulus, that kind of reminded me of that when they were, you know, walking around looking for him. Um, but they come across a, for a fortune teller and... It's so great because Boimler's like, why are you talking to these people? They're just background actors. And I think at one point, one guy, when they walked by who was homeless, he's screaming, we're all just simulations. Like yes. a crazy person would in a video game. And he was right. Yeah. And there was this character called Nick Knack. Yeah, Nick Knack. So <laughs> great. 
and, and Mariner. <laughs> yeah, and it was, the it running was joke throughout the rest of the show is that Mariner keeps getting his name wrong, which is just so fantastic. Okay, boys, come on. We have a movie to do, man. We don't have time to chat up the extras. It's an adaptive program. The, the, the holodeck's creating meaning for these guys. Grab cycles. Mount up. Oh, hell yeah. Now we're talking. Dude, come on. We got to grab. So Mariner's, you know, continuing to get frustrated. And she's reminding Borno that these characters aren't integral to the story. And they're just background. So, you know, why do we keep fussing with that? Yeah. But meanwhile, Tindy, Rutherford, Captain Freeman, and some of the other Cerritos crew are going this action-filled yeah. chase. They're on these hover bikes. Such a blast. Um, and, and, and just, they're like, here we go, right? Mariner's pissed. She wants to go with them, right? Um, she wants to take on this mission. Um, and Boimler wants to take a new mission and give Tindy command. So Tindy, of course, is like, of course I want to do yep. that. And so they're off, and then Boimler is like on this newfound mission to find the meaning of life. And he said, you know, he's like, this is... Which is why he sought out yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah. So this is more important for him than the action-packed movie that he wrote. Oh, damn it! They've crossed the origami threshold! And if we follow, we may never be able to get back to our old time. We have to. We're Starfleet! So, back to Tindy and company. Uh, she's having a blast. Uh, pulling uh, death-defying moves uh, a la Trinity, you know, in the Matrix. And they catch up to the Romulans... Um, who have, who, who then, when they see them activate this chronogami, and it's funny because when they do, it opens up and it looks like origami. Yeah. Ha ha. <laughs> and they go back in time <laughs> to change the past. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so funny to me, you know, these little, these little jokes that they put in there. I'm like, okay, wow, okay, so we're going to be really no, literal just... with this one. Uh, so that was pretty funny. But the thing is, is that, you know, Tindy really takes charge at this moment and leads the chase, yeah. which I think. I don't know if that was written in, but it seems like they're, you know, like you said, the holodeck is adapting and it seems like they're adapting with, with, with Captain, whatever his name was, Boimler, off on his own thing. Yeah, it's great to see Tindy uh, taking charge and, and just, you know, in a way she's, she is like that pirate character she was trying to escape, you know, that all Orions are, but she's doing it in a good way. Uh, where are we? 2341. We're smack dab in the middle of the goddamn algae crisis. This is the science center where Ambassador Coro was able to communicate with the algaic slime mine. So, uh, Tindy and company go back to the year 2041 during That's this so algae crisis. It's a, it's like, yeah, it's a critical point. So you have this octopus that is somehow the, the linchpin for food production yes, for the and Federation. He's, and he's, he's, he's brought <laughs> his people's, uh, his people to the Federation too. That's that's a big deal. Um, so Tindy takes the role uh, uh, very seriously, but Rutherford isn't. He's just kind of like, oh, "This is fun, right?" He's like, "It's great. I'm having a great time." Tindy's like, "You're not even upset." He's like, "No." Yeah, he's he's like screwing with this whole, he's screwing with all these scenes, and you know, it's really irritating. Yeah. Tindy, she really is is in this great leadership role, and and I, I like that Rutherford's kind of back to being Rutherford. We had that moment where. You know, we saw the previous Rutherford, so that's interesting. Yeah, but there, there are little bits of his old self that I feel like are bleeding through it because he's kind of, he makes a couple of like, you know, off-color remarks here and there that remind me of his uh, younger self. Okay, can we please get back to the real movie? Tendi and Ruthie could be like, I don't know, in ancient Egypt riding crocodiles without us. Illustor, how do we get to Katiha? Ah, to that, I have a fascinating answer. And the answer is... This answer that's about to be 
Coming now. He's stalling. So, meanwhile, Boimler is seeking out an all-knowing being <laughs> that's going to give him the answers that he's looking for. Yeah, and, you know, it, and it, you know, Marin just getting more and more pissed off, you know, with his deviation from the script. And then Bo- and that causes yeah. Boimler to go off, you know, and he rips her film. So, yeah, right. He trashes Christ's point, part one, I guess. So Marin's like, screw this, I'm out. She leaves the holodeck and just goes to her evaluation with Ransom, which goes pretty well in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, sidebar here, Mariner has been falling in line the whole season yeah. since since she's yep. been uh, since Ransom um, was put in charge of her by her mother, and he, you know, her, her review is great. So there, there's this, you know, evolution of Mariner as with all the other characters. So it, it doesn't but become will this that stick. Will well, it well, stick? That's, that's the million dollar question. We will see. We have two more episodes left. I'm sure some wrecking ball is going to fly out from nowhere and bash all of this. I think it might. Yeah. Um, and Miley Cyrus will be on top of the wrecking ball naked. <laughs> oh, uh, I figured he would have told you. William, his transporter clone on the Titan, died this morning. W- died? What? Freak gas leak. Neurocene flooded his quarters. He was asleep. Hell of a way to go. So, uh, like you said, Ransom's like, you're doing a good job. Uh, but then, you know, through the course of his conversation, they find out, uh, um, you know, Ransom tells Mariner, you didn't know this? Boimler's, uh, what is it? Uh, the, not a twin. It was the replicator. Uh, yeah, it's Transporter Clone. Transporter Clone. Yeah, thank thank like, you. Yeah, kind of like how William Riker in uh, The Next yeah. Generation, he had his Transporter and Clone. And Thomas Riker, uh, exactly. Thomas Riker, <clears throat> yep. Mm-hmm. His transporter clone just dies of, like, natural gas exp- exposure in his sleep. Yeah, not in battle, not any anything heroic or anything like that. But I, I like the fact that, you know, Ransom actually cares. He's like, you didn't know? Have you spoken with your, your friend? You know, and it, it shows a different side of Ransom not just being this uh, meathead all the time. An ancestor of Ambassador Koro is inside that aquarium. They're going to take out his whole family line. <laughs> Oi, drop the shiny gizmo, mate. Yeah. Stepped in the wrong place. The sound trap, mate. Look, we don't want any... Oh, Witnesses. So back uh, to the movie. <laughs> I love that they call it a movie. Uh, Tindy and her friends land back in the 20th century. And the <laughs> this is so great. They're in Sydney, Australia. You could tell because you've got not only the opera house in the background, but the characters talking to them are Australian. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it, it was so Yeah, so th- they're there because they need to save the octopus, <laughs> the octopus ambassadors, Ambassador, yeah. <laughs> ancestors to save the future. It was just... A, a, a trip, you know, and in the midst of all that, they get robbed by a bunch of Australians. Exactly. I fully expected one of them to say, now this is a knife, but no, that didn't happen. Yeah, that, that was but a trip. But they kicked their ass. It was great. Yeah. And then, yeah, you know, so and I think, I think it, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, is it, is it at that point that Rutherford in the midst of all this fighting is a walk, he walks up with a sandwich? No, no, he takes her clothes. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. He takes, he, he wants the shirt and the pants, right? And he's pulling off the pants. He or not a shirt. He puts He's like, on hey, a, we, yeah, he puts on a, a vest. He's like, this is great. I want to wear this. He's like, we got to play out the role. You know, he's just, yeah. know, he's just like half heartedly going through this and, and making a, a complete time. joke of it, but having a good time. You're right. Uh, hello, Boimler, uh, Captain Dagger, Intruder, capture the non-believer. Don't touch me. Your characters don't even have names. So now we get back to the movie. Mariner is back. 
and she's captured. You know, she she jumps back in, and and they capture her, and she's thrown into the brig. And who's there in the brig already? But Boimler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they they have this heart to heart where they talk about uh, the loss of of, of Boimler's transporter clone, William. Yeah, yeah. And so you know now we understand why he 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 feels like the death was just kind of wasted in a way that a Klingon would feel that it wasn't in battle or wasn't didn't have any meaning behind it. And so now he's just kind of like you know what the hell? What's the purpose? Why why am I here? What what's the, this what's this deal called life? Yeah. And so Mariner encourages him to let's go ahead and finish it out. So he gets pumped back up. Luckily, you know, Marin, his and Mariner's friendship, I think, is awesome. And so they get out and they get into a fist fight with with the characters in the film, which you know leads Boimler to the location of the deity that he has all the answers, which is this funny mountain thing. Yeah, yeah this guy yeah, had yeah, a yeah. map on his body. And it's like soggy body. <laughs> yeah. And he takes off all his clothes. It's disgusting. It was really hysterical. Ugh. Careful! That bomb has a hair trigger. Wait, how does this play into the octopus stuff? I think the Romulans gave up on that. Now they're just trying to blow up the founders before they found the Federation. So uh, in another part of the film, you know, Tindy leads the team to the 21st century on the day of the founding of the Federation. Of course, this is a great story plot. Of course the Romulans would go here to kill off the Federation in the past so it doesn't exist in the future by blowing up foundation, you know, the founding day, you know, founder's day, basically. And so, uh, you know, you're, you're right. <laughs> I think that's when Rutherford yeah, came in with the sandwich. he was up on the top of the thing. He's <laughs> no, looking around. He's like, and they're like, are you eating a sandwich? He's like, yeah, I'm hungry. And so she gets pissed at him. Oh, yeah. And uh, the Romulans start shooting. Yeah. And then the doctor jumps in the way and takes a, uh, yeah. a fatal <laughs> shot, <clears throat> you know. And Tindy's like well, really crying. I was like, I was like, wait a second. Are we still in the holodeck? Or is this real? Like, I, I, I lost track of, of what was happening. And, it, you know, of course the doctor wouldn't throw her body in there. But it was funny that uh, that, that happened. And, you know, for Tindy, apparently this was serious. Yeah, she was really bummed. Yeah, you know, and so for her, doing this role play is everything. And um, she she basically blurts out that, you know, she wants to be a captain. Yeah, and and. I, I I don't know why I wasn't shocked by this. It reminds me of Tilly on Discovery. You know, the way that they developed her character. She's kind of a fun-loving lady. But, yeah, she could she could be a captain, too. Remember how they kind of uh, built her character those first couple years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. But, you know, I you know we've been see- seeing, you know, since last season, you know, Tindy's ascension. And um, I think she's a good mix. I mean, the pirate pass is a good thing. That that means that she knows how to get scrappy. She's not just yeah. all hopeful walking around, but she's a good mix of positivity, assertiveness, and a bit of aggression uh, to yeah. wrapped in one. And I think that's what you need to be a, a captain in this universe. Destroy this joke of a Federation ship. Joke's on you. Identify yourself. Who is this? This is acting Captain Mina Vesper. You're too late. With the Kronogami, we will destroy everything you hold dear. That would be true if you had the Kronogami and not your own bomb. <gasps> no! And I think, you know, when this series ends, we're going to see everybody's arc uh, be tremendous. And who knows where Tindy's going to go. But uh, I think they all will end up leaving the Cerritos in one way or another. Uh, but, you know, it's good, too, to see her get this pissed and, get the, and then get upset because Rutherford finally realizes how much she's 
taking this seriously, and he he gets in line pretty pretty darn quick. Yeah, and then Tindy comes up with a, a, a brilliant plan, and she takes a page out of the Romulans book and jumps back to the battle between the Romulans and the and the Cerritos at right. the beginning of the at the beginning of the film. Right. So now she's the captain of the Wayfarer. Which, by the way, the way they you know the graphics. I, I don't know if this is cartooning or if this is computer generated cartoon. Should I not say cartoon? Should I say graphic? But but it, it, the, the that sovereign class ship is one of, if not my favorite design and it was so beautiful it was so gorgeous to see it on film like that um but yeah, yeah because it looks like a spearhead it's really aggressive yes and yeah it's very aerodynamic aerodynamic so when the romulans took the chronogami tindy switched it out with a bomb right and and if you remember galaxy quest at the end when um I can't remember the name of the, the leader, the, the bad guy, uh, of Saris. Saris is heading toward, you know, they're, they're, they're playing chicken with each other. And um, the uh, Tim Allen character goes, my, my ship is dragging mines. And he pulls up and the mines hit the ship. That reminded me of that. She's like, Tindy says, you don't seem to realize that we switched out with your bomb. And it was a great, I did not see that coming. It was Oh awesome. yeah, I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was great. And, you know, Tindy really got a chance to assert herself. And, you know, she looks like a captain. I, I, I would, I would follow her. I would too. I really, I really dig that. And that was a great moment. Um, so we get to the end of Boimler's quest. Um, Mariner and Boimler, they arrive on a planet to meet with this deity who's supposed to have all the answers. Kind of like, uh, I think you pointed this out, Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, where they're looking for God. Yes, of course, uh, the ill-fated <laughs> Star <Yeah>. Trek V. <laughs> uh, Here we are. <laughs> that, that, that which we don't speak of, yeah. I am Kitty Ha. You have journeyed far. What truth do you seek? A man named William Boimler died. It was meaningless. What is life for? The purpose of life is a life of purpose. Okay, but what about what I was asking? First of all, the the the, the entity looks just silly. It's like this two-dimensional rock monster <laughs> that he could start digging into. Yeah, and his, the the deity's name is Kitty Ha. <laughs> Kitty Ha, right? And you're like, what does that even mean? Yes. And and then he gives him a riddle. The purpose of life is a life of purpose. And he's like, okay, uh, anything else? Yeah, it was just a string and, of and they, inspirational quotes. All, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's so great. He gets so pissed. He just starts pounding away at the thing, and you can see that he's pounding away at the, you know, the, the, the coding, I guess, of the holodeck itself. Yep, and he climbs inside the deity, and yeah. he's, 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 he sees something in there, and he it says Kitty Ha, and he kind of wipes away the dirt from it, yeah. and the reveal is the actual Kitty Hawk. <laughs> yeah, the, the location of where the Wright brothers flew, which is like V'ger, for, you know, Star Trek One, the original yes. Voyager. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, great, And he, he great loses it. Yeah. Page. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so, and then he loses it and he passes out. Is this heaven? The afterlife? The nexus? It's Idaho. Would you like to feed the horsey? Uh, sure. I, I didn't program any of this. I was in the holodeck trying to find meaning in the randomness of death, but I just made a fool of myself. So he wakes <laughs> up and, and he wakes uh-huh. up and then he's in 
Idaho and a la Star Trek Generations. Correct. And um, he thinks that he's about to meet, you know, Captain Kirk. And it's who? Captain Sulu. Oh, Oh my. my. Oh, my. Well, I knew it was Sulu because when you heard a distant voice, it wasn't Kirk's voice. It was Sulu. But he he walks in and, and he's like, oh, my God. It's Captain Sulu, and he's brushing the horse. Oh, my gosh, yeah. So that, that, that's always welcome. I, I love the cameos that they've been putting out there this season. They've, they've been fantastic. So it was great to see, um, yeah. you know, George Takei back in action. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what, does he finally, what does he finally tell him at the end? Yeah. Yeah, he gives he he, he kind of gives him a, a riddle, but I guess it resonates more with Bormler than uh, Mister Kitty Ha there. But he says the random the randomness of death is a reflection of the unexpected joys we find in life. Yeah, and I think that one go. sticks with him. And uh, what I loved too, I think they every second of this show is purposeful, or and not not like the quotes that we heard, but like they don't waste anything. And so the best part about that scene for me at the end was Sulu goes, and now the horsey will bite you. And the horse just bites him, but not on the ass where I thought he was going to do it on his neck, right in the neck. And then you're like, and then they quick dissolve to him getting a hypo in the neck and he's waking up. I just, I loved it, loved it, loved it, loved Uh, it. He was dehydrated and, and, you know, yeah, passed out. You know what, Boims? Maybe this was a good sequel to Crisis Point. Aw, thanks, Mariner. I'm glad you didn't end it on some dark cliffhanger. I like happy endings. Ugh, cliffhangers are the worst. I hate when people do that. But, um, you know, Boimler's like, you know, you know, still kind of sad. He's just like, you know, my movie was a failure. But, but all his friends, Mariner, loved it. And so did everybody else. Yeah. Uh, I Yeah, that was... <laughs> And he's like, oh, wow, who knew that? So, and at the end, he's like, well, at least I'm not going to end it with some stupid cliffhanger. Yeah. And they kind of fade to black. And what happens? Unexpected cliffhanger. A cliffhanger. There you go. An unexpected cliffhanger, which was fantastic. Oh, yeah. It, it worked. Welcome, William. Starfleet now considers you a dead man. Just how we like it. So we see the fine floating in space, and we find ourselves aboard, and yeah. there's a, a casket a la uh, Spock. Spoiler. Yeah, William. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. A la Spock, the casket, a torpedo tube. And it opens, and William Bormler's in the casket. And, and, and he wakes up, and the guy goes, it worked. It worked. Yeah. And it turns out that apparently his death was some kind of ruse. Yep, yep. Starfleet now thinks that uh, William Boimler is dead, and and right. he's handed a an insignia, a, a communicator, black com badge. Yeah, we know what that is. It's section thirty one, and he says, "Why does Section thirty one even have a com badge? I mean, aren't you guys trying to like hide and stuff?" And um, I I love how Section thirty one keeps showing up places. Like they really just keep doing this everywhere. They've done it since the original um, series. I I love this one. You know, it just you know, just the, the, this little reveal adds more potential for storylines. For sure, and and it's another story that we didn't see coming. I don't think I I kind of forgot about the whole William Boimler thing, and um, so yeah, this will be great. So Anthony, before we go this week. All of us fans were treated to another action-packed 
sneak peek of Picard's season three trailer. Yes, it was like a huge birthday gift or Christmas gift or however you want to take it. It was a humongous gift and it was epic. Epic for a trailer, my God. They are pulling out all the stops. You can tell this season's going to be incredible. Let's take a listen to that sneak peek. Thank you. Admiral. I received a distress call from Beverly Crusher. We are being hunted. Who is it out there? I don't know. We must run. From what? How very precise with your timing, Jean-Luc Picard. should know that I now prefer pacifism to combat. We're all gonna die. They are blind to something big. It will be what it always was. Attempts on your life. Oh, from Raikou. You broke them into this too? I was once like her. The rational, the violent. The forge, got it. Stay inside. Aye, sir. There's a darkness on this ship. I'll consume in darkness. I'll peck and I'll jab. Everything that makes you, you. We will scorch the earth under which you stand and the night will brighten with the ashes of the Federation. But first, have vengeance. Fire everything we've got! Greetings, old friends. Man, yeah. this was a movie yeah. quality trailer. Friends of mine, I sent it. To, I sent this to friends of mine. I sent the link out, yeah. and people told me it's like, oh my gosh, is this a movie? And I was like, no, it's the TV show. It's a TV show. And so uh, I'm hyped. I think you're right. I think you're right. I think what they're doing with this, this may be the fifth and final. Next generation film spread out over ten episodes. Exactly, exactly. I think that's and, and they're and they're doing this right. They're going to give them a prop, the proper send off that they didn't get with um, Star Trek Nemesis. With Nemesis, and yeah. so you can yeah. tell they pull out all the stops on this, and it, it just left me hyped. So yeah. we start off in the trailer with uh, Picard sitting there, and some people approach him. So basically, that's like there's a problem. Uh, we need yeah, to. And in previous uh, um, previews, we heard Beverly Crusher, you know, in distress, calling for Picard. 
So, you know, he, he needs to get the band back together to go rescue Beverly. That's assuming that's what's happening. Yeah. So the very next thing is we're aboard whatever uh, starship this is with yeah. uh, Seven of Nine. And you hear him saying, we need to run. Yeah, <laughs> we need to run, and the ship, this massive ship, comes out of the clouds. Oh my god! Uh, and starts kicking their ass. Yes. Now I think this is the Titan, I believe, because we know that um, Seven becomes captain of the Titan. But yeah, they need to run, and and we, the villain is revealed, and it's Amanda Plummer. Of all people. Yeah, and she knows Picard. Now I'm I may have missed something in all the episodes of all the you know, of all the next generation shows, but I don't know who she is, do you? N- not her character, no. Um I, I don't recall her being anywhere. I, I would have been more or rather less surprised if it was Denise Crosby as the Romulan, you know, daughter of um Tasha Yar. But it's Amanda Plummer. We don't know who she is. She's got scars on her face. Uh, the the alien ship looks a little bit like um, Nero's ship in uh, 2009 Star Trek, J.J. Abrams. But yeah, man, she, and, and, and throughout the entire thing, it's like, I'm going to, we need to destroy Picard. We need to decimate him. We need to scorch the earth underneath him. But before we do that, we need to torture him or I don't know, whatever it is, you know, just agonize Oh, yeah, him. and it... Yeah, I mean, so they're getting blown up, and so then uh, we see Worf and Riker on the transporter, oh my God. and he, and he makes oh this declaration that he's for pacifism, yes. uh, you know, over combat, and then yeah. as they're beaming, Riker goes, "We're all gonna die. We're all gonna die." Oh God, that was so great, and so they in previous. Um, Previews. We didn't really see Jordy too much, but there he is wearing a yellow uh, um, shouldered uh, outfit. He's there, and he's like, "Who else are you bringing into this?" Right? He's like, "You're just bringing everybody back. What's going on?" And he seems to be yeah. I got Warp Riker. You brought astounded. them into this. Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing? Um, and then, <clears throat> so it, it gets to this denouement. You know, it's and then suddenly everything stops and and we see what looks like a simulation or there's some blue light and this 1800s top hat and the gentleman lifts his head his head and it's Moriarty oh and we've seen we saw him before but just in this time this time preview in this preview he not only says hello old friends but he lifts a pistol a flintlock <laughs> yes <laughs> yes unbelievable yeah. Like, yeah, what so is he I, doing? Yeah, and so then they show Picard, you know, the, the title. They show the title sequence, and then all of a sudden, uh, Jordy's looking through a window, and who appears? Well, you think it's Data, and you're like, oh, Data, but wait a second, he died. And Jordy corrects us all by going, Lore. Lore. But I do like the, the idea of bringing in Lord because if they maybe they'll have a good explanation because they could have really computer generated him to make him look younger if they wanted to. Yeah, that's Age right. They him. Yeah, they could have done that. They've done that before. Um, yes, they did, they did it actually with Patrick Stewart in one of the X Men films, which was really yes, interesting. Did. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I just and by the way, you know, Energize will be there to cover season three, the final season of Picard, which is the final season of Absolutely. Next Generation. Absolutely. Yeah, so yes, yes, stay yes. tuned for that. That's going to be thrilling. Yeah, yeah. So I'm stoked, and um, you know, as as we discussed uh, during the Strange New Worlds, I met 
uh, Jonathan Frakes, and he told me. He said he looked at me when um, when we when we finished our chat. He said, "Trust me." He said, "This one's gonna be good." You better watch. Oh my watch. god! Oh my god! Yeah, you better watch. You don't have to tell me twice. Um, yep. Yes. Yeah. I. I Captain. <laughs> yes, sir. And if any of you follow yes, us on Instagram, you can see that picture of Anthony standing next to Jonathan Frakes in a, uh, uh, what is it? Where were you shopping? Zara. Zara in the mall. <laughs> uh, okay. Clothing store, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. True. Yeah. We were in a clothing store in the mall. So yeah, it was a very random, but really uh, rewarding uh, experience just because he was so nice and so cool and excited. The twinkle in his eyes about the season said it all you know, for me. So I'm, I'm all in. So this was fantastic. I can't wait. If anything else pops up, of course, we will discuss it. That's a deal. Well, that concludes this episode of Energize, a Lower Decks Edition podcast. Um, if you want to hear more of our episodes, please check us out at www.energizepodcast. That's podcast with an S dot com. Thanks for listening. I'm Anthony McLemore. I'm Steve Truitt. Live long and prosper. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And cut.